We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Good Thursday to you. I am excited. I'm excited today. I, uh, I am. I just, I'm fired up. The Packers are not playing this weekend, as we all know. But uh, that doesn't mean we got good football. We don't have good football coming up. I, I'm excited for tonight. It is the show me what you got night for the uh, Chicago Bears in the division. I don't think the Bears are going to catch the Packers in the division. But uh, I will say I'm going to watch this tonight for uh, a lot of interests because I want to see what Tom Brady does uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how that team continues to get better. Obviously, he's got some injuries there. So uh, when it comes to their depth chart, it's going to be changed up a little bit with some of his wide receivers. But that being said, um, I want to see what the Bears do with Nick Foles. I want to see now that Nick Foles has had a week and a half, and he's got uh, he's got that team uh, a little more under his belt and working with Matt Nagy and hearing about all the all the chatter down there about uh, how much more he's going to be indoctrinated and such. I am interested in watching this Bears team tonight as well. So I'm I'm ready. I, I got uh, when I get off the air today, uh place downtown called Shakers, I, I get a chance to do a little cooking video, which I'm fired up about. Really cool. It's one of the most haunted bars in America. So I'm I'm interested in this. I've been down there a couple times, but I'm gonna do that and then uh, I'm gonna get home, bring some of the food that I cook. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna put on the Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight, and that is my night. I am I'm ready. I'm ready. It's not it's not as warm tonight. As it was the last couple of days, so I don't know if I'm going to be outside at the, uh, the the tiki bar or maybe down in the great room or something like that, or, or maybe even just working out in the gym. Who knows? But I am uh, I'm fired up. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm itching today. Today's one of those good days. You wake up energized. You had a good workout in today, and now I'm I'm ready to go. However, however, uh, there is a, without Packers this week. There is an opportunity here to talk a little bit further about what we started to discuss yesterday with Adam McCalvey uh, of Brewers.com and MLB.com. And Adam had brought up um, the discussion with David Stearns, and I think it's pertinent. I really do. I think it's pertinent to, to talk about because there is an expectation for the Milwaukee Brewers, and then there is a reality for the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think the reality is what we need to, what we need to get into the discussion of today. Um, because, you know, like you, 
I am somebody who says, let's go. Spend it. Come on. You know, fill some holes. You got a hole over at first base. You got a hole at third base. You got, uh, you know, you, you maybe you a pitcher or two away, you know, and then hopefully you get some bats on the corners. Guys hit the reset button. Lorenzo Cain comes back. Oh, everything's going. But this was the worst offensive team uh, that they had put on the field in team history. And I don't think you're just going to snap your fingers that it's all going to go away. Now, do I expect Christian Yelich to be uh, this, quote, off, for lack of a better term, I guess, you know, because uh, he wasn't good. Do I expect him to be this off? No. Do I expect Keston here to have this many strikeouts? Absolutely. He's got to go away and figure it out. He's got to go look at a lot of video, a lot of ways that they're pitching him, and figure it out. Because what he put up this year, eh, that's not what we uh, expected coming out of him. Now, he hasn't even yet to play a full season. But, you know, the first year is always you come up and get the best of pitchers, and then pitchers get a book on you, and they adjust, and now it's up to you to adjust. So his offseason is going to be go away and adjust. So what are you going to do with your catching position? We can get into that discussion. But um, but the Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns uh, spoke, and uh, t- we're going to go through this. Uh, he talks first and foremost, the Q&A on – where they stand right now regarding payroll. Is it reasonable to expect that budgets will be tighter next year uh, for player uh, uh, salaries? I, I think it's a possibility. I think, I think budgets are tighter everywhere right now um, for, for most businesses. Um, you know, over, over the last two years, we've run the two highest payrolls in the history of this organization. Um, and I think it's, it's uncertain at this point, um, as we look forward, whether, um, whether our, our payroll next year, um, would be at that same level. Um, so in other words, when he talks about being at quote, that same level, it's not going to go up. It's going to go down. I know that it, it, um, irritates people when they say, you know, all businesses are down. Everything is off. And that's a legitimate statement. That is 100% true. But baseball, football, basketball, in the realm of everyday businesses, it's it's very difficult to look at them in the same light with the amount of money that they are making, uh, the amount of value that is there. And, again... This is always that sticky subject that was brought up to me yesterday time and again, whether it was Twitter or Facebook or email. It's very difficult to say we got to tighten our purse strings because we have a business that we're, we're only in it to make money or we're in it to make money or, you know, you start talking about the money aspect and people are going, wait a minute, we paid for the stadium. We expect a certain something, something in return. Now, you can't always go buy a championship. So keep that in mind, people. I understand there's a there's a give and take there, but keep that in mind. David Stearns then goes on and says he emphasizes they want to be competitive without a doubt. We've worked very hard to put ourselves in a position to compete every single year. We've done that four years in a row. This year was in a different format, but we still competed. Um, and, and made, made a playoff spot, and we've competed for playoff spots now four years in a row. 
Um, and, and really our, our philosophy is if we do that, if we continue to compete year in and year out for playoff spots, you give yourselves numerous bites at the apple and you give yourselves a greater chance of having that truly um, special season where you get to a World Series and, and ultimately win it. So our goal is to keep our organization in a spot where we can continue to compete year in and year out for playoff appearances. Completely appreciate and agree that with that statement. Now he talks about the offensive struggles of the team this year. You start from the reality, which you just stated, which is it, it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good enough. Um, so that, that's the reality. And we have to work backwards off of that. And I, I, we begin with the premise um, that there is something in there that is explicable. Uh, that through our work and our research and um, our time, um, we can uh, understand why. Um, and that, so that has to be the starting point. We also have to recognize that there are so many aspects of our game this year that were different um, that ascribing too much weight to this particular season um, has dangers as well. So, um, you know, you, you noted our division, Tom. Offense wasn't great in our division. Um, could be that, that our division had some really good pitching, which I, which I think it did. Could be that we had a couple teams in our division that perhaps underperformed offensively, um, which is probably true as well. Um, could be that specific players uh, were more impacted than others by whether it's lack of fans, no access to video, um, the changing environments uh, that we had to play in this year. Um, and so all of those, all of those could be factors. And, and getting back to Adam's point, we really don't know what the environment's going to look like next year either. Um, we don't know um, how packed ballparks can possibly be next year. We don't know what sort of access players may or may not have to their customary video libraries um, and, and in-game video access in video rooms. Um, so many of the same variables that came into play this year, in some respect, may still be um, may still be around next year, and, and we have to recognize that. So it's not as though um, it's it's not as though we can assume that we're going to go back to a completely normal environment next April because we just don't know. He also was asked, and 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 I want to come back to that. Um, but he was also asked where they stand at first base and third base, as I had mentioned. Yeah. So we we combined with those two positions, we need we need more offensive production and that's than we had this year. That's clear. Um, I thought Jed did a really nice job. Um, you know, we, we brought him in primarily um, to hit left-handed pitching, which is what he did. And he did that really well. Uh, he took on a, a greater role for us over the course of the year and uh, stabilized um, first base a little bit for us, but um Certainly, we need to we need to be able to come into next year believing um, that we can get better offensive production out of out of those two positions, and um, some of that may be external, and some of that, after we go through um, our evaluations, um, may be relying on 
on players who we believe had had down years this year and um, and have the ability to bounce back. He also was asked about the trade market because that's going to be another area where you may be able to pick up some value, but it's going to be, you know, to work either one or two team deals. I would expect the, the timing and pacing of that dialogue to be pretty similar as it has been in years past. So that it usually picks up towards the end of the playoffs and the world series and then continues um, through the, the first couple of weeks of the world series to excuse me, first couple of weeks of the off season to Thanksgiving. And I, I think, I think that's a healthy time to have those discussions. And I think that will occur this year, whether we see transactions that early in the off season before some of these other um, pieces of information become a little bit clearer for us, that, that I don't know. Um, I don't know whether the time frame, in terms of actual player movement transactions will resemble what we've seen in the past. And asked about, will there be changes to the coaching staff? So we're, we're not going to make any staff announcements at this point. We're continuing to go through um, our discussions, our evaluations. Um, and when we have announcements to make um, over the next week or two, we, we certainly will make them. Um, I, I think all of our coaches, our hitting coaches included, um, gave a tremendous effort this year and uh, worked incredibly hard uh, to put our players in, in the best position to succeed. Um, clearly we didn't score enough runs um, and we have to look at, um, we have to look at uh, why that is and, and do our best to improve that going forward. Uh, but I thought our hitting coaches and all of our coaches put our players in positions to succeed. There you go. So basically, is there going to be any coaching changes? You're talking specifically about hitting. That was the area that the team faltered in, obviously, the most. So that's where the question pretty much points. And he is, he didn't say no. He just said we have ongoing discussions. So uh, you would assume you're going to talk to players and see what their comfort level is and then go back to the coaches and then kind of make some determination from there. Let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll talk about this Brewers team because I think there's some interesting points to take away. This portion of the program brought to you by your friends at Van Horn Automotive Group. They want to buy your car, and whether it's buying a car or selling a car like you would like to do, no pressure, by the way, to buy another car. If you just want to sell it to them, go ahead and do so. You can stop on in or go to VanHornAuto.com, any one of their dealerships in Wisconsin or over in Iowa as well as they continue to get bigger and better. And if you got some service that you've been wanting and you just haven't been able to afford and you're, eh, well, they do financing. How about that? 0% APR for 12 months up to uh, 2000 bucks. All you got to do is go to VanHornAuto.com or, again, stop into any one of their dealerships and fill out the application. You're good to go. You can buy a car. You can sell a car. You can find a car. You can trade in a car. You can get the value of your car for a trade-in. You can find everything is online. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com. They are family-born. They are employee-owned. That is VanHornAuto.com. More Brewers chatter coming up. And you tell me, should we cut them some slack this year, or did this year make you really scratch your head for what the future is about to hold? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Is it reasonable to expect that budgets will be tighter next year uh, for player uh, uh, salaries? I, I think it's a possibility. I think I think budgets are tighter everywhere right now um, for for most businesses. Um, you know, over, over the last two years, 
we've run the two highest payrolls in the history of this organization. Um, and I think it's, it's uncertain at this point uh, as we look forward whether, um, whether our, our payroll next year um, would be at that same level. Interesting comment coming from David Stearns, the Brewers' general manager. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. I want to hear from you. Chime in. 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. So the question I have becomes do you give the Brewers a pass this year? And in addition to that, do you think this offseason is a rebuild, rebuild, a retool, or maybe if you're going to look at it as the upcoming year, unless there's some kind of a trade that's really going to add some serious value to this team when it comes to player personnel, are you expecting a better season next year? If so, why? 855-830-8648. I, I really would like to know as a Brewers fan, when you hear David Stearns talk about money, when you hear State David Stearns talk about other businesses, I think we all know, okay, the reality is this. The reality is a pay cut is coming. They're not going to have as much payroll next year. There's uncertainty about the season, um, although I think next year, after looking at teams in the NFL putting 20,000 fans in the stands and 10,000 fans in the stands, I think baseball is going to open it up. I think they'd be crazy not to. There's no reason not to. But how how much is that going to affect their bottom line in a positive way? And then by the end of the baseball season, are we sitting here a year from now still talking about totals for coronavirus every day? You, you know what I mean? Are we still is this is the is the tote board still going on? Or I mean, I got to be honest for the, for the whole that whole thing that whole spiel every day. It's almost. For many people, I was listening to some people talk in the gym this morning, it's almost become white noise. So my question is, are we just then going to start coming back into ballparks? Are we going to be allowed back into ballparks? Because it does change the bottom line for the Milwaukee Brewers specifically because they do rely so much on fan participation. On the gate. So do you give them a pass for this year? A bad offensive season. Two games under five hundred. Yes, they made the playoffs, but in a... I hate to make excuses. You're not gonna you're not gonna apologize for it, like Craig Council said. I completely agree. Within the parameters that were set up, you got into the postseason. Congratulations. But you weren't over five hundred. You played losing baseball. And then you were two games under five hundred, and then it only took you two games to be blown out of the postseason. Thank you for participating. Goodbye. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Ryan says a pass. No offense was borderline horrific. 
I think the pitching made strides and is trending in a good direction. Need number 22 to be himself and surround him with more consistent bats. Uh, getting Kane back in the mix will be a help as well. That I agree with 100%. Lorenzo Kane, and I had said this coming into the season, that I thought Lorenzo Kane could be a linchpin for this team being really good offensively. I think he was going to have a bounce back year, but Lorenzo Kane is now a year older, my friends. And Lorenzo Kane has been out of baseball now by the time he comes back for a year. It's not easy to just pick it up and here we go. 855-830-8648. Philippe, writing in the Wendy's email inbox, says, I expect the Brewers to go on the cheap and I don't expect anything to come out of next year. It'll be the year after before the Brewers actually make a splash. Get ready for some bad baseball, Brewers fans. We are only going to be going to the ballpark to eat some peanuts, eat some hot dogs, and drink some beer. Other than that, expect a loser. 855-830-8648. Do you feel that way? Do you feel that way? Do you feel that's the direction the team is going? Uh, the Big Filthy says, uh, trade away Yelich. Let's just tear it down and start to rebuild. They don't have the money to do it right anyway. This is a fluff team who is only going to be competitive for a couple of years and then fade away before they can finally tell us all over again that we need to come back and rebuild it. Please be patient. My patience is running thin. We need to see more winning. I want to see this team perform better. 855 What do you think? I, I think there's – I don't think it's that bad. I don't, I, I don't think it's uh, that negative. But I also don't think uh, there's a positive outlook here when you talk about the overall, we'll say, uh, payroll and or talent or equivalent thereof. Brad writes, we've got some key pieces. Lorenzo Cain's coming back. Christian Yelich is not going to have another bad season. I think our pitching is pretty good. We've got pretty good defense up the gut. Keston Hearing needs to cut down on the strikeouts, and we'll have to figure out the catching situation. But it's not awful. There's some cornerstones here. Let's build upon it and have a better season. That's from Brad. Brad, appreciate the email. Appreciate it very much. I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, let's do this. We're going to continue to talk some Brewers baseball a little bit later on today, and I think rightfully so. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to switch our sights to uh, Ben Fennel, the NFL uh, film analyst for ESPN and the NFL Network. Going to talk with him about a couple of different things. One, I want to know what he sees regarding Aaron Rodgers, and is Aaron Rodgers right now a front runner for the MVP? I'm hearing a lot of that over the last couple of days. Specifically, I was watching Good Morning Football today, and they were already talking about that. Uh, the next thing is, uh, when you talk about teams that are most likely to get themselves to a Super Bowl, there are three teams in the NFC, and the Packers are the top team now in many eyes. There are three teams in the NFC that seem to be the most liked, but is there another team or two who legitimately could end up there? We'll get into that discussion as well. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Epoxy Flooring Polyurea Coatings all over the state of Wisconsin. Uh, from Green Bay to Racine, everywhere in between, go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. And uh, they warranty it for life. They're right here in your own backyard. Sean and the gang are great. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Ben Fennel, film analyst for the NFL Network and ESPN. He's up next on the Bill Michael Show. 
Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Our friends over at New Mel Medical Center want to remind you, yes, fall is uh, coming. And uh, maybe you didn't get out as much as you wanted to in the summertime. You didn't get as much activity in. You didn't walk through as many festivals. Maybe you sat home. A lot of steaks, a lot of beer, a lot of nachos. <laughs> you want to get fit? You want to look better? You want to feel better? Man, don't go into the holidays. Uh, hopefully we have some holiday parties to talk about, but don't go into the holidays just packing it on. You've got an opportunity now to do something really great. And I have said the Emerge Challenge coming out of this, at whatever point we come out of this, be better, look better, feel better, absolutely. That's our friends from New Mount Medical Center. Give them a call, whether it's uh, getting rid of the brain fog and getting your energy up from low T. Maybe the uh, fun in the bedroom wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. You can get some help there or just the all-in-one weight loss program. Go to 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That is the new male medical center again, 414-455-4451. Joining us now, talking a little football. We've got a game coming up tonight between the uh, Buccaneers and the Bears. Ben Fennell is our guy, the NFL Network film analyst from ESPN as well. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Another day in paradise. How are you? Well, doing well. Uh, first and foremost, I've got to ask you, what do you think uh, the NFL is going to do to the Tennessee Titans who have yet another positive test? Jeez, we're getting into uncharted, unprecedented ground here with, you know, situations and then punishments off of it. I have no idea. And for people thinking oh, the NFL seems like they're winging all this, they're absolutely winging it all. We've, this is so uncharted. We've never been down this road. Uh, I would hate to see them affect anything that's going to change competitive balance like draft picks. So, you know, keep racking up the fines, going to millions, two millions, whatever financially. But, you know, try not to affect the future competitive balance of the league. So let me ask you, because I get a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he is this good. He's on his way to an MVP, not an MVP. You tell me, what kind of season is Aaron Rodgers having in your eyes? Well, he is having an MVP season, but I think the pocket-passing game manager Aaron Rodgers is the best version of himself in 2020. He's playing within structure of the offense, within timing, within rhythm. He's not extending the play. You know, on Monday night, the two most problematic plays were the plays he tried to extend. The one where he flushed out to the left for eight seconds, eventually got a defensive holding, but took a sack on the play, and then three plays later, tried to drift out the back door, tweaked his knee. Bad things happen now when Aaron Rodgers holds on to the ball, but it's been few and far between in 2020. He's only scrambled five times. He's got rid of, rid of the ball, uh, trusting players around him, trusting the scheme, and it's a lot of fun to watch. If he plays like this, I could see him playing until he's 44, 45 years old. I, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has maybe, I don't want to say discover the fountain youth in some way, shape, or form. I just think he just, whatever he went back when he said he went back and looked at something from 2010, 2011, I think he just discovered something and he's just, he's back at it. He's got a clear head, a clear mind. He's on the same page with his head coach. So clearly picking up uh, Jordan Love didn't agitate him, irritate him to the point that he was going to have some kind of a down season. But talk about the talent around him. 
because we're not talking about household names here. So what do you see when you look at this film, when you look at this this scheme, if you will? Is this more just uh, 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 productivity of the offense as a scheme in general and play calling? I think this is the ideal Matt LaFleur offense. I think 2019 was a bit of that transitional period, trying to take a couple things from the previous regime and things that Rodgers liked. But now it's full-functioning Matt LaFleur, all systems go. And you see it with the motions, the shifts, the stacks, the bunches, the commitment to the run game. They're top five in all those categories that Mike McCarthy was previously bottom five in. So it's just great to see the full effect of Matt LaFleur and to see his offense fully deployed and Aaron Rodgers trusting it. And when you're running the ball so well on early downs and keeping defenses off balance with balanced play calling, I mean, they're running for over six yards a carry on first down. That's second in the NFL. When the run game is clicking, everything is open on the playbook. When you're getting into second and shorts, third and manageables, what do you want to take away from the Packers? We saw the Lions in week two play too deep. We want to take away the pass. And Aaron Jones ran for a franchise record. So to see a balanced offense and all the elements that help an offense, like the motions and shifts and stacks and bunches, why not use that in 2020? It's a great way to acquire pre-snap information and to make everybody's life easier. It's just a lot of fun to watch this modern Packers offense. So we are looking now at a Seattle Seahawks team who is undefeated, Tampa Bay 3-1. and one. Uh, obviously you've got to New Orleans back to even Chicago's three and one. So is that because I'm watching on the NFL network today and they're talking about the powerhouses in the NFC and everybody's talking about the Green Bay Packers possibly most likely being the representative of the NFC. You tell me what are your thoughts as to what those teams are? Say your top three, four or five teams right now, the most likely to be really battling to get to Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Green Bay, I think is cream of the crop in the conference right now. Seattle looks like contenders at Russell Wilson. The Rams aren't going to go away. I think Chicago is a bit of a pretender right now. I think San Francisco at 2-2 two and two, with the injuries they've dealt with to literally every key position, I think they're going to start to hit their stride as they get healthier towards the middle of the season. So there's some teams not going away. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are for real with Tom Brady. They're 3-1. and one. They have a great game tonight against the 3-1 and one Chicago Bears. And then they face the Packers in two weeks which I think will be a great litmus test for both teams. And then this NFC East, I don't know what to make of it. The Philadelphia Eagles are at number one right now with a 1-2-1 record. Obviously, they won a Super Bowl. They have a lot of veteran presence on that team. Don't judge September with a projection to December just yet because teams go through a lot of different you know, trials and tribulations, especially this year with the lack of preseason and training camp and injuries and COVID. Teams that you get in September – might have a completely different identity in December. Um, I know you talked about the Bears and not being for real, more of a pretender at this point. Um, The Bears defensively are pretty solid. I think we can all agree upon that. What needs to happen for people to become believers in what the Bears are doing? Well, I think their issue is they have some poor foundation. They don't have their identity at the quarterback position, as we all know. But the offensive line has been very up and down, have some new bodies in there, like Jermaine Effetti at right guard. I think the right tackle, Bobby Massey, can be upgraded. Charles Leno at left tackle, I think, can be upgraded. They're trying to figure out who is the identity of the offense, especially at the skill player position. They have Allen Robinson, but after that, you know, is David Montgomery, uh, you know, uh, good enough to take over the full workload from Tariq Cohen and 
is this young kid, Darnell Mooney, a real player to leapfrog, you know, Anthony Miller in the pecking order. Offensively, it just seems like they don't have any identity. And I really get worried when the foundation is questionable as well, like the offensive line. That's why I think the Packers, when you, you may have some questions on the outside and with scheme, you have a good foundation at the quarterback position with the offensive line. That will keep you sustained when you do have some issues throughout the season. So I think the Bears are in big trouble once they face some of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, obviously, we're going to see them in action tonight. And by the way, we're talking with Ben Fennell, NFL Network film analyst and ESPN as well. But the Buccaneers, uh, a lot of questions about, obviously, Tom Brady. They've got injuries to their wide receiving core. Can this team, is this team, because last year I was watching them lose games by, uh, you know, some of Jameis Winston's interceptions, just some stupid throws, and they were losing games by less than seven points. Is this the team now with a better quarterback and the, it, kind of the same weaponry but upgraded defensively to where they are a, now a far better team than what we witnessed last year? Because if they are, then you would expect this team to probably end up with 11 or maybe 12 wins. You know, offensively, not a lot has changed other than a little bit more instilled confidence from everybody around them, the offensive line, obviously that's what Tom Brady does to an offensive team. But the, you know, the uh, drafting Tristan Wirfs, who I think is an offensive rookie of the year candidate has been a huge upgrade at right tackle there, but they're not, just not turning the ball over. He's being responsible with the football. I think that's what you're seeing from the best teams around the NFL, whether it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the guys protecting the ball, playing smart football, not putting their defenses in bad positions, I think are the cream of the crop of the NFL and the ones, you know, steadily winning games week in and week out. And defensively, they've quietly been one of the best run defenses in the NFL for two, three years now. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers front seven is physical, nasty, and they'll stop the run against anybody. Now, the secondary is very exciting. They're young, but they're inexperienced. Antoine Winfield Jr., might be the defensive rookie of the year through the first month. So there's some exciting players. There's some youth on the back end. You have to remember, there are four core secondary members. One's a rookie, one's a sophomore, and two are three-year players. So it's very young. I'm just afraid of the back end inexperience maybe coming back to bite them as they face the more veteran quarterbacks late into the season. But I think the Buccaneers are for real in 2020. Real quick, uh, going over to the uh, AFC side, Kansas City, obviously the cream of the crop. Buffalo, extremely good. I'm sure Tennessee is going to have something to say about it. Pittsburgh as well. Um, you tell me, how with Tennessee, I don't know what to make of them right now because they've got some issues down there, so I can't really say that they are a front runner by any stretch. We know Kansas City is. How good is Buffalo and how good is Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Tennessee – they love to play defense and run the ball. I think it's just been a safe formula to get them to 3-0 and at this point in the season. That's kind of the, the formula of the Cleveland Browns right now, really relying on the run game and trying to play good defense. I think one of the best stories in the NFL in 2020 has been Josh Allen. Not only his improvement on third down, but down in the red zone, much more accurate. The influx of Stephon Diggs, that offense, I think has lightened up everything from the numbers in the box for Devin Singletary and maybe pulling over some coverage to open up opportunities for guys like rookie Gabriel Davis, who looks like a really nice receiver. Buffalo's a really, really fun team. And Indianapolis Colts are quietly at 3-1 and one with Phillip Rivers. A lot of attention on the offense. Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor looks good, and Quentin Nelson on the offensive line. But they have one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL. 
a very quiet group, but they're dominant on third down. They're dominant stopping the run. They have DeForest Buckner in there in the middle of the defensive line now, flying around with Darius Leonard and Xavier Rhodes. Looks like he's ready to play some good ball down the stretch of his career. <clears throat> really good defense out there in Indianapolis. There's a lot of teams that look like playoff contenders in the AFC. Good stuff, man. Ben, I appreciate it as always, and uh, we will talk again soon, okay? Always fun chatting with you, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Ben Fennell, film analyst for NFL Network, ESPN as well, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Yeah, one of those teams we're going to talk about. We're going to mention this when we come back because uh, another piece of bad news. Hey, speaking uh, of news of any type, coming up tonight, 6 to 8, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. 6 to 8 tonight, the Bill Michaels Huddle. Going to be on the air. Going to go ahead and step away, take a quick break. But we've got some bad news if you are a fan of of a team in the NAFC. Stick uh, stick around. We've got more of the Bill Michaels Show next. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Before the Packers played the Falcons here at Lambeau Field Monday night, head coach Matt LaFleur met privately with linebackers Adarius Smith. What was the meeting about? Defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. He's, he's a guy that's very prideful. He's hard on himself. And we know when something's not right with him and, and the ankle you know that it was bothering him you know i'm not making excuses for him but you could just tell he wasn't the guy that you know didn't have the explosiveness you know that, that he had he had demonstrated before and you know that's matt's job zadarius responded with eight tackles three quarterback sacks and yesterday was named the nfc defensive player of the week when we're trying to get after the quarterback man it comes with coverage and when we're rattling the quarterback uh it comes with picks so we all play one man uh, to try to be dominant in the past game but like i said man we got to continue to work on that run game and tackling. At 4-0, Smith gave credit to the Packers' offense, and he talked about his phone call from rapper Lil Wayne. I think it was Lil Wayne had called me. He was saying, man, whatever Aaron Rodgers is doing, tell him to keep doing because that man is on fire. <laughs> That's Zadaria Smith in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, don't forget our friends over there at Quick Trip. It's like mom's cooking in their kitchen. Like your mom's cooking in the kitchen. Uh, they're putting all kinds of stuff together. They make it. They package it. Send it out. And then all you got to do is go pick it up, bring it home, throw it in the microwave. Boom. Meal's ready to go. Uh, ready to heat and eat in your uh, own home. Uh, they've got fettuccine Alfredo with chicken, turkey, potatoes and gravy, beef stroganoff, pork chops, stuffing, gravy, all that kind of good stuff. They fix them. You eat them. It's that simple. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Just another reason to stop in to Quick Trip. Uh, if you are a fan of maybe the Tennessee Titans, you're probably going, oh, wait a minute, uh, not good. And it's not because uh, right now the uh, the Tennessee Titans have yet another player 
waking up today testing positive. In case you didn't hear the uh, conversation with with Ben Fennell just a little while ago, uh, the Titans have another positive coronavirus test, bringing their total to 23 positives in the organization since September 24th. Their facility remains closed. The organization is still prohibited from in-person gatherings or activities. The NFL is looking into uh, punishing the Titans. Uh, They had some players, if you remember, we were talking about this yesterday, that decided to go to a high school. And they were going to go ahead and, and practice on their own. And the NFL said, no, you can't do that. you got to stay away from the facility. If you got a workout facility at your house or something that you can be certified that are certain that you're not going to, you know, kind of contract the coronavirus, whatever, uh, go ahead. But other than that, stay home. Quarantine yourself. And so now they're talking about the possibility of postponing this week's game as well. Remember, last week you had the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game was postponed and pushed back uh, into November. Now you've got the Buffalo Bills that will be on the hook. They're supposed to play the Tennessee Titans this weekend, and both organizations have been notified that the uh, game could be pushed to next Monday or Tuesday, which would create an issue for the Bills, who are scheduled to play the following Thursday night against Kansas City. So now they're trying to figure it out, what they're going to do. So uh, meanwhile, the Titans placed wide receiver Corey Davis on the reserve COVID list yesterday. He was one of the two Titans players that tested positive Wednesday morning. And the NFL and the NFLPA all sent officials to Nashville uh, last week to look into the possible violations of the coronavirus procedures and protocols, which led to the outbreak. And although the Titans maintain they have followed all the league memos and directives verbatim, the team is now possibly facing penalties from the NFL because it is, it is, uh, it's getting out of hand in Tennessee. I don't know. Maybe you just tell them they're forfeiting games at this point. You know what do you do? You know it's unfair to the guys who followed the protocol, but it only takes one, right? That's why self-policing has become so important. So important. When we come back, we'll talk some more Packers football. Ryan Wood, our guy from the Green Bay Press-Gazette, is going to join us. And uh, during the bye week, we'll look back at the first four games of the season. We'll look forward to tonight's contest between the Bears and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and company. And then we'll start to look forward to Tom Brady and company set to host the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.